welcome back once again to the Coffee and Heroes podcast. We're going to be hitting you with a special episode today. I cannot stress enough, this is spoiler-filled. Stop listening right now if you don't want to know anything about Spider-Man No Way Home. It's going to be spoiler-filled, guys. You're going to have to just uh, switch off if you don't want to hear it. Anyway... But uh, if you're still listening to us, uh, this is Alan from Coffee and Heroes, comic book store in Belfast, of course. I'm joined this evening by Keith, who I think we're going to be talking about his favourite comic book character of all time for the next possibly 20 minutes. <laughs> that is that is correct. How are you? You're obviously, uh, you're, you obviously enjoyed the movie if you're so keen to uh, get on and talk about it. Well, I think this is a, a movie that this th- there's, there's an anticipation for this that I personally don't think cinemas have seen since Endgame. I think that uh, cinemas have obviously gone through a hard time in the last year or so. You know, everyone thought Bond would bring people back to cinema. Everyone thought Christopher Nolan would bring people back to cinema. Even June, Ghostbusters Afterlife. And and don't get me wrong, a lot of those movies did well. But I personally don't think there's been a movie like this since... Like, Eternals didn't seem to hit in the same way that maybe MCU movies have in the past. And I think with this one, just the instant recognisability of Spider-Man, of course the links to the MCU, and of course all the rumours of casting and appearances and this and that. I think this was a pretty big event, and I'll be the first to admit, and I even said this in store, horrifying a young child at one point. Uh, I was talking to someone... Not the the first time you've done that, I'm sure. Not the first, and it won't be the last. Uh, I was chatting to a regular, and they were uh, Tim, he was asking me, you know, are you looking forward to Spider-Man? I just said, look, you know what, I'm not that bothered, I'll catch it when I catch it, you know, I'm... You know me, I'm more of a Batman guy, you know, but whatever. But this little kid was looking over at me, horrified that I was saying this. And he actually turned around and said, you own a comic book store and you're not looking forward to Spider-Man. And his dad went over and sort of covered his ears as a joke. was like, don't listen, son, don't listen. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) I should say they left very happy and it was all good. But it was just kind of funny at the time. Before we get into the the actual No Way Home chat, um, yeah, I mean... I, I sort of agree the, of the movies that you listed. Um, you know the, the the movies that we were you were thinking would would maybe be big big, big hitters with regard to the cinema. I obviously went to see Dune, uh, best movie of the year, uh, no doubt. You haven't seen it yet, um, unfortunately. I didn't see Bond. I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I thought you know what that that's one that can probably wait. Uh, I'm happy enough to see it in a small screen. I haven't seen Ghostbusters, so I'm interested. And Tenant. I didn't enjoy it to the same level as you did, and it was also very, very early on. They they took a they took a, a big risk there. Yeah, you know they 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 certainly were the first out the gate. You know, um, Shang Chi and and Eternals were, I suppose you you can't say they were gambles of the same degree that Guardians of the Galaxy was. Guardians of the Galaxy was a was a gamble a wee bit earlier on in in the the Marvel Cinematic Universe solidifying itself, but now it has. So I don't know if there are gambles anymore. You attach mm-hmm. them the Marvel title to a movie and, and it's, it's guaranteed, but Shang-Chi and the Eternals are definitely less recognizable characters than Spider-Man. So it's that recognizability. I mean, I don't know if the general movie watching populace was maybe following, you know, were interested in, in, in the rumors of who was returning and what was happening. You know, that, that stuff maybe only had significance to, to us and the, you know, and the, 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 the comic geek movie geek community, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, I'd say that the drawability of the name of Spider-Man definitely is, is way above, you know, Shang-Chi or, or the Eternals. Those were both fantastic movies. However, and I know you haven't seen the Eternals yet, but you really should. 
Yeah, I enjoyed Shang-Chi an awful lot. It was it was tremendous fun. Eternals, it's it's on my radar. It's just I don't I don't know what it is. Like I'm not averse to going to the cinema, but just one thing or another the last sort of four, six, eight weeks I just haven't had the chance. And with Spider Man, mm. I might not even have seen it so quickly. But it was just a good friend in the store, Alan McCord, had a couple of spare tickets, messaged me literally the night before. And as soon as I said yes to it, I started getting really excited. I started thinking like, yeah. well, actually, yeah, why was I not excited about this? But anyway, so... <laughs> we... was, I was the same because you had messaged me saying, oh, I've got myself like you're going tonight, got a couple of spare tickets. And uh, then Patty, another regular in the store, and I'd said, well, oh, if I could get a ticket tonight, I would probably go. And he pointed me in the direction of a particular cinema and a particular time, which had, you know, there was five seats left. So I booked one of them and went in a wee solo mission, mm-hmm. uh, a, wee, a wee late afternoon, early evening, half five solo mission. And I was the same. I was kind of interested, but, you know, it kind of had the, it's that sort of Sony, Sony sort of curse, you know, venom, you know, you're kind of like, eh. you know, though I have to say, I'm getting a wee bit more excited about Morbius uh, mm-hmm. than I was. Um, but yeah, it has that, you know, that, that Sony sort of, you know, the, the, the Sony Marvel deal, you know, and that, and it's just, there's always the chance that Sony are going to stick their fingers in there and screw it up, you know? So I was kind of a wee bit maybe guarded, I suppose, but, uh, yeah, I agree. As soon as I got a ticket, I was like, Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I think part of it is I think Marvel and Disney are probably more protective of Spider-Man than anyone else because he has a stake in the MCU. I mean, certainly what we got from the after credits scene of this movie, which of course we'll get to, that Venom isn't really a part of the MCU. But we'll get to that mm. anyway. But I yeah, think they're more yeah. protective and they probably have more input with Spider-Man and certainly the fact that Doctor Strange is a big part of this movie as well. There's a lot of links to the MCU. So you get the feeling that they maybe dip their fingers into the Spider-Man stuff a little bit more than uh, mm-hmm, any other Sony mm-hmm. movies. So yeah. But uh, yeah, no, we both got to see it opening day. As Keith said, he went around 5.30. I went to the 7 o'clock show. I will say that I didn't check with Alan where the tickets were beforehand, and we were in the very front row, <laughs> which I haven't done in years. But uh, thankfully with Cityside and their reclining seats, it wasn't as bad as feared. But no, it, mm. did, it didn't impact the enjoyment of the movie, and I'll definitely go see it again. But <laughs> I had this slightly weird situation of people I didn't know on either side of me. <laughs> You know, so, so, you know, you have reactions and you're like, oh, no, well, these people don't know me. <laughs> and then there's also the, well, I don't care. Yeah. I mean, reactions is a big part of this movie, and we'll certainly get into that as well. But I am just going to say it just one more time for the record. This is going to be spoiler filled. I can't emphasize that enough. And going into this movie, thankfully, Keith and I are quite normal people. We don't go searching out spoilers. We can more than happily not watch trailers. So I went into this completely fresh. I had nothing spoiled for me in yep. advance, and the surprises were genuine. And surprises yeah. in movies these days are are hard to come by, but they were all yeah. genuine. And, yeah, I totally totally agree. I mean, so so as Alan says, with regard to spoilers, it's safety's off. Um, but yeah, all of those, all of the there were this was this was like cheek to jowl. It was just spoiler. You know, it was just it was surprises. It was it was surprise appearances. It was things that I was not expecting. Um, you know, and obviously it comes directly off the back of uh, the last Spider-Man. Uh, uh, what was it? Home far, Too Soon. Far From no, Home. Far From Home. There we go. The word <laughs> home is always going to be in there somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, where uh, following um, the, the, uh, the, the, I guess the, 
the confusion and the, uh, the propaganda of, of Mysterio and, 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 you know, the death of Mysterio played by, played admirably by Jack Gyllenhaal. Jack Gyllenhaal and Mysterio had, had purported to be a warrior from across the multiverse. Of course he wasn't, he was a Stark employee, a, a wrong Stark employee. And he was using a lot of illusion tech. And in Once the end, again, he look... Tony Stark is responsible. Anyway, <laughs> he made it look like Spider-Man had been responsible <laughs> for his death, him being perceived as a hero. And then, so he looked, made him look, made Spider-Man look like a, a villain and B, he revealed his identity through the medium of the Daily Bugle, which of course revealed that uh, J. R. J. J. Jonah Jameson from the Sony Universe was the same J. Jonah Jameson from in the Marvel Universe, which was a, a nice twist. So, uh, so Spider-Man's identity is out there, and the word now thinks he's a bad guy. Yeah, and that's exactly where this movie picks up from. It's that revelation. It's you know suddenly crowds around Tom Holland the Spider-Man. And what's interesting about it is this is a movie that it's very timely as well because obviously if something like that happens, everyone's pulling their phones out. Everybody's trying to, you know, follow this guy everywhere he goes. There's nowhere to hide. It's not just like the, you know, the news would have the resources to follow him and stuff like that. So, you know, being a kid who's getting ready to leave high school and go to college, I mean, this is like his worst nightmare. And the fact that he's been outed as Spider-Man and outed in a way where... I mean, half the people still think he's a hero, but half will always fall for that propaganda and think that he's a villain. And uh, so suddenly college applications are being rejected. He sees the effect it's having on his friends, obviously on Ned, obviously on MJ as well. But I should point out at this point, before we go any further along in the plot, and again, spoilers, it's the last time I'm saying it, but Charlie freaking Cox turned <laughs> up as Daredevil. That was brilliant. That was... That was so so good. So I mean, um, you know, Peter needs a Peter needs a lawyer uh, very quickly, and uh, and uh, he, the lawyer that he that he gets is is Matt Murdock, and Matt Murdock, not just Matt Murdock, but Matt Murdock as played by the Netflix series Daredevil actor Charlie Cox, who played obviously Matt Murdock and Daredevil on that on those those series, which was a game changer i mean what 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 they've now done of course is they've opened the door uh to to those you know the the other actors from those those series and it doesn't necessarily i mean we can talk about canon all we want but it doesn't necessarily make you know it just means that that charlie cox you know the charlie cox character is matt murdoch in all the different universes yeah uh, you know, so those are different universes, but the same as JJ is played by what you might call him in all the all the different universes. Uh, but yeah, that that was phenomenal, and and the scene where you know the brick came through the window, and he just without seeing it, he just stuck the hand out and caught it before it hit Peter. Peter was like, "What are you? I'm a good lawyer." <laughs> even the little brilliant, even the little tease for who it was because you saw, of course, the cane first. You know his, yeah. you know his walking stick, his guide stick that he uses. You know as, as as a blind lawyer, the whole scene was brilliant. You know Charlie Cox just slid effortlessly into it. He he felt like part of the furniture in this universe, and it's one of those moments where obviously as fans, everyone's been clamoring for Charlie Cox. It's just it's nice to hear studios listen to the fans. I mean, you thought I couldn't get the Snyder cut mentioned in here anywhere, but you know it's it's that sort of thing though you know what i mean you're giving the fans what yeah. they want and so what you're saying is you're seeing that like the light side and the dark side of vampire 
well, the Snyder movement, <laughs> if you will, sums up the light side and the dark side because half are rational and the other half are just over-the-top maniacs. But, but no, it's just great to see because everyone would look yeah. at that and go, like, Charlie Cox is the perfect Matt Murdock. Why would you not use him? So Why would you waste him? Yeah. yeah. You know, so, yeah, and what no, was, it was... Well, what was yeah, great fantastic. at that moment for me, I, I mean, again, we can compare notes, certainly, but the screen I was in were so up for this movie. This was not a sit quietly and watch movie. There was cheering at points. There was clapping. Not a lot of movies elicit those kind of um, those kind of reactions, and that's why it reminded me of Endgame so much. I vividly remember Midnight Endgame, the moment where Cap catches you know Mjolnir, the moment where on your left, the uh, you know all these cheers, and some people hate that. I love it. I I think it's because yeah. people are so invested in the story, and mm-hmm. like when Charlie Cox turned up, first of all, it was just this huge gasp. And then this yeah. moment of woo, like clapping and stuff, yeah, and yeah. you know, that's same as that, want. same as that. Yeah, no, brilliant. It was, yeah, that had exactly the same sort of reaction. I mean, whenever people are are going to see a movie on opening night, that's that's the people that are going to be in that movie. They're not going to be the people who are who are on their phones or who are, yeah, you know, having chats or or whatever else. So it was definitely that. It was definitely that. So yeah, we had that. We had exactly that. I had exactly the same the same situation. I would say, you know, I mean, there's the the, the the comparison to to Endgame has been pervasive. Um, I you know overall I don't know. It was up there. I mean, it was definitely up there. It wouldn't I? I know you disagree with me. It wouldn't have been Endgame with me, but that's because I think of the tone of the movies, the tone of Endgame, and the the themes in Endgame. The tone was epic in Endgame. This was a wee bit less epic. It had a wee bit more. There was a there was. It had a wee bit more of that Spider-Man street-level humor, you know, which I obviously love. Uh, but I think, you know, within, you know, the, yeah, I think that that that, that epic nature of Endgame is where it, it pips this this one for me. But but yeah, and I have to say, Zendaya, she was fantastic. She's taken a step up, uh, you know, in the uh, uh, up until now, I've sort of felt the MJ was almost sort of a kind of a throwawayish character. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't terribly taken with her with her performance of of MJ, um, but yeah, she's she's really taken a taken a step up in this, and and Ned and Ned and MJ featured very very prominently, uh, almost as prominently as Peter did uh, in this in this story. So yeah, props to props to to, to Zendaya as as MJ for sure. I think that's that's fair. Definitely talking about the acting. I mean, I think all three of the principal actors in it. This is the best all three of them have been. Uh, I think Uh all the other characters in the movie were clearly having fun. They bought into the, let's be honest, the ridiculousness of it. You know, this is a movie that could have fell (laughs) apart so easily. But it thankfully went the other way. And, you know, comparing Mm -hmm. it to Endgame, I suppose the main reason I would compare it to Endgame and probably why that is such an easy comparison is because Endgame was essentially the sum total of 10 years worth of storytelling. There was parts of this that were the sum total of 20 years of storytelling. You know, this is a movie almost geared more towards old fogies like us who love the heck out of the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man mm. trilogy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I'm really curious to see how like a 10-year-old will, go, will react in this movie. I don't think they'll get the same level from it that they would get from Endgame because they would have watched the movies leading up to Endgame. But for people our age, I think that's why I enjoyed it more. I was just like, oh my God, this throwback to this 2001 Spider-Man movie. This throwback to, you know, Spidey 2 with the different villains. I mean, when the Green Goblin turned up for the first time, it was just, 
you felt like you were 18 in a cinema again watching spider-man one it was fantastically uh, yeah, handled. yeah i mean yeah so uh, i mean i i think yeah i mean not not only that but the green goblin played by willem dafoe in yeah. a way that he didn't have the opportunity to do in in the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie. The, qu- um, the, the question becomes at this point, I have to ask, were you happy or sad that he smashed the Goblin Mask? I was over the moon. Oh, I was disappointed. I, was I love that the design. There's something so clunky <laughs> oh. about it, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was glad they featured it. I was glad they featured it. But again, it was almost like, like Feige and the team sort of went, okay, let's listen to the criticisms of... You know, because at the end of the day, the Goblin and the Sam Raimi movie, the first Spider-Man Raimi movie, mm-hmm. could have been anybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and was anybody. And actually, it turns out that Sam Raimi, who, or William Dafoe, who is, I think, like 67 or something. <laughs> uh, he's like mid-60s. He mm-hmm. insisted on doing all his own stunts oh. because he, he, he felt that the connection between what he was doing as, as Norman Osborn and what he was doing as the Goblin, now that they had his mask off, was much there was much more of a connection there and and it would have been disingenuous for him not to do the physical stuff yeah whenever he was you know so and to me he played a way better role than he did in this in spider-man yeah. way better role in remy spider-man you know so so much so um but yeah i mean the the i suppose the thing of it was the the first time we see obviously we, we have cumberbatch in here as well mm-hmm. you know so whenever you're saying that, that you know god there's so much to talk about here so you, you mentioned you know kids you know watching this now so what will they take out of it it doesn't matter that they haven't seen the Raimi spider-man movies or the andrew garfield spider-man movies it doesn't matter that they haven't seen them because all they'll see is two other versions of spider-man yeah in the same way you know, when we watch just... spider-verse for the same time and you have those different versions yeah 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 so so they'll see other and they'll get a thrill out of seeing other versions of spider-man that could have been yeah we know who they were and I thought what was really interesting was that they they pulled them out of their timeline, not whenever we last saw them. Yeah, but years but later. after time has passed and we've seen the impacts of what happened in those movies uh, yeah. moving forward. So Andrew Garfield has, you know, never got over the 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 death of Gwen, never got over not saving her. Uh, Sorry, we we know, should we should interject at this point, by the way, and say, by the way, guys, Tobey Maguire's in this movie and Andrew Garfield. Anyway, go. <laughs> playing Peter Parker and <laughs> Peter Parker from their relative uh, movie universes. Uh, but uh, you know, so he's never got over that. And at one point, he says, "Oh, I don't really have a lot of time for the Parker stuff." So he's obviously full on Spider Man all yeah. the time. And there are times, dark times in the Spider Man comics where Peter has done that. He's shared the. You know, whenever Aunt May passed away or whatever, he shed the uh, the Parker identity altogether in order to to shield himself from pain and just become the Spider. Yeah, just become Spider Man, and and you know that's really dark stuff. But it's, it's it was cool to see that reflected. And then there was Tobey Maguire as the you know the the elder statesman of the Spider Man. You know what I mean? He'd got through it. He dealt with it. He'd you know internalized everything and 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 allowed it to make him a better. A better Peter and a better Spider Man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so I just, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that kind of, but anyway, what I, was, I guess what I was saying was for kids, they'll see different versions of Spider Man. For us, we'll see all of that. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 again, we've talked about it before with crossovers and, and, and uh, limited series. For those of us who know, there's added value. 
for those of us who don't, you're still getting the you know the surface level thrill. Yeah, well, I mean, what's what's cool about that as well is when Toby Maguire starts talking about like how he moved on and him and MJ were together and stuff. It was hard for me not to think of Spider-Man Life Story. You know, obviously one of our favorite mm-hmm. series of the last few years because it showed what would happen with Spider-Man who aged. I mean, in movies these days, they use a lot of this de-aging technology and stuff. It would have been so easy for them literally to have just plucked them out of, you know, the end of Spider-Man 3, for example, and it would be a younger Tobey Maguire. But the fact they aged them and moved them along made you really interested. But I suppose the other thing as well is I'm obviously saying maybe younger kids might not get as much out of this, but hopefully what something like this movie will do They'll suddenly go, Mum, Dad, what are those other Spider-Man movies? Can I can I watch those? And then they they sort of do it in reverse, if you will. They go back to those movies having seen this movie as well. So, but yeah, uh, yeah, there's something to explore. Whereas you know we're talking about re-exploring, they'll be discovering it for the first time. Yeah, for for better or for worse. Yeah, exactly. You know? that. But so, uh, but yeah, I mean, plot-wise, I mean, I I understand it has a lot in common with Straczynski's One More Day. Is it? Where uh, is it? Peter deals with Mephisto, Mephisto yeah. in that though. Yeah. Where he basically. Yeah, have you not read that dip. yet? I haven't. I've got the Straczynski omnibuses, and now I really want to read them even more. But yeah, yeah. Uh, isn't the the story goes that he makes a deal with Mephisto to make everybody forget that he's Peter Parker, uh, so that he yeah. can protect people and all that kind of stuff. But in this, of yeah. course, it's through the medium of Doctor Strange. Yes, absolutely. Which makes which is which was a lovely. A lovely turn of events to bring things in line with, uh, you know, with the Marvel universe. It's not a deal with the devil; it's a deal with a wizard. Yeah, and uh, he's doing it as a favor to Peter because of the the fact they saved the universe together. Uh, you know, and there's all of that. You know, that the the back and forth between them. You know, with with, you know, Peter needing nearly a mentor character, and you know the relationship that Tony Stark and and Doctor Strange had in the movies, where they were just both arrogant pricks. You know, and you know they they bounced off against one another but they both have a lot of love and a lot of a lot of respect for for peter who is a young man who needs a mentor yeah so he's gone from having you know a science bro mentor to a to a magic bro mentor um but yeah so that, that i love that you know that whole back and forth between them uh peter you don't have to call me sir call me steven that sounds <laughs> weird but i'll get used to it you know that sort of way and, you, and then later on whenever it all changes you will call me sir <laughs> was, then of course was, it comes but, back again towards the end yeah, as well exactly but uh yeah so that that inclusion of dr strange was was great was was very well done he wasn't the he wasn't the deus ex machina but he was never going to be the you know he made a thing happen and it screwed up peter screwed it up um and you know, as a result, then, you know, the, the multiverse was opened up and elements of that multiverse being the, the Sony multiverse, the, the Sony universe, movies universe, you know, melded with ours. And the first point we saw that was whenever the, the, the Doc Ock tentacle came out of the mist, you know, yeah. on the bridge. And uh, Alfred Molino looked like he was really having fun as Doc Ock. It was a different, it was slightly different Doc Ock than he, than, than he had been in, in Spider-Man 2, did you think? He was, I don't know, he seemed a wee bit less dark or yeah i think there's there's truth that i mean one of my big fears going into this was for me spider-man 2 is still the best spider-man movie i'd need to watch this one more times before i could rate it above yes because spider-man 2 has stood the test of time but my big fear was that they were going to ruin the whole doc ock redemption arc because ultimately in spidey 2 he sacrifices himself takes himself down kills himself so that he can save everybody and my worry was that they uh-huh. were going to bring him back to this. He's going to be a bad guy. But, of course, as we see as the movie goes on, he plays along with the Goblin and with Electro. But he's ultimately a hero in the end. He's on the side uh-huh. of Spidey. 
And I really, really like that. I mean, I, I did wonder if there was going to be some kind of way they could factor him in to be superior Spider-Man. Ooh, at one I know point. There, that was that would have been. There was a, a moment there that I thought that's interesting, you know, because and no, obviously, I mean, that, I mean, well, baggy hopping back again. You know, one of the questions that Stephen asked, or Stephen and I talked about, because uh, we we both seen it, we were texting back and forth, was you know the the spell brought. You know, pulled in the universe, and I think I don't know. I think all of these. So obviously, Doc Ock was dead. Osborne had been dead in the in the, the original movies. I think, I think Electro had as well. Yeah, and maybe Lizard as well. So Stephen was like, "Well, how come the Spider Men were older, but?" And I went, "I think it's because the villains were all dead in their universes, so they were pulled from a point just before they died." Yeah. Uh, whereas the Spider Men were still alive, so they were they knew who. The, the the spell the idea of the spell was that it pulled in individuals who knew who Peter Parker was yeah you know and all that's these... what was drawing them to this yeah exactly yeah yeah so 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 that was the point so Peter our Peter Tom Holland Peter was able to quickly figure out that he need that the arms were in charge and he needed to they needed to replace or no it was Tobey Maguire anyway um they needed to replace the circuit you know in order to to stop the arms from being in charge and allow Octavius to be in charge again yeah um you know so so that was kind of that was kind of groovy but yeah I thought I wondered there I was like oh is there a is there a I don't know a superior Spider-Man would it be too much for the the, the movie universe would it be too deep would it be <laughs> a, too deep a cut uh you know but definitely it was it was great and him him appearing in that battle on the uh that battle on the bridge between between Holland, Spider-Man, and, and and Doc Ock was was great. He was there was a while there he was outmatched, and then he got the he got the he got the number on him, you know, and used the t- the start tech. That, he used that a neither... very modern solution to that problem. Yeah, he bluetoothed his arms. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that was start tech that that Tom Holland, Peter Parker has access to that neither of the other two did. Yeah, you know, the best technology in the world that was part of his suit, you know, which was. <laughs> Which was kind of cool, you know. It might have been horribly overused in the first movie, you know, but they they, they did all right with it. I think this movie. Um, so yeah, we had that, and then then the the quick appearance then of the Green Goblin, uh, as well, was just it was great. It was phenomenal, and I just thought Defoe just looked great. Oh, uh, just with the hood up, so much fun. With yeah, him, it? his own, you know, William Defoe has a already has a kind of a a craggy crazy face when he wants to you know with eyes and the the, the smile the, you know the grin the grimace you know and and the, the lines in his face are so deep and 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 you know and they give it just they give him just a wee bit of a green tinge and he you know he is goblin like you know and that whatever they do with his hair almost makes his ears look kind of pointed you know um and then with the hood up i just thought this is this is the best version of the green goblin we've seen yeah uh for sure and he's there's He's not that far removed from just being a guy on a goblin glider, um, and as the cackle and the the pumpkin bombs that just, oh, he's just a the goblin is horrible, <laughs> great, but right, you know. But and they yeah, still manage yeah. to fit the humor in as well, and again, understanding their audience these days, of a Norman Osborn line of, you know, I'm something of a scientist myself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Taken straight from the first one, you know, very, very good. Yeah, so, yeah. You, so you had them, you had Electro, of course, turning up, Jamie Foxx. He was he probably got the most screen time, I would say, out of all of the out of all of the villains. And you know, I at times I could take him or leave him, but there was a lot of cool stuff as well. I don't know if you noticed any time he used his powers, if you look really closely at his face, yep. 
they had sort of done like the old electro sort of the electro mask yeah yeah no i i i noticed that straight away i was i was looking for it uh, i, I, I didn't that think was... that would get past you that one <laughs> and then yeah, of course was... you had sandman in there although sandman grace, yeah sandman oh no Topher grace was venom uh back in it was thomas oh Hayden no Church. Uh, what did you call him Thomas Hayden Church. Hayden Church. That's what it was. But, That's right. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. I'm convinced they didn't have him for the movie. That all looked like stock footage to me. He was nearly always a CGI character. He was. And yeah, if you look at yeah. the credits at the end, his name was not in the credits. Right. I'm, I'm convinced. Like even the voice sounded a little different at times. I think they used old footage for him. But uh, but you know, that's neither here or or there. But, but yeah, so there was always good reactions to all these villains coming up and all the rest. But. It gets to a point where, you know, Ned and MJ have a little bit of an altercation with Doctor Strange. Ned ends up getting the ring from Doctor Strange and he's able to actually cast spells. And they're obviously looking for Peter. They don't know where he is. Uh, at this point, if I'm getting my timeline right here, at this point, unfortunately, Aunt May has died. Uh, which is yeah, a oh, that really was, emotional that moment. Was, really uh, emotional. That was a brave, that was a bold move. That was a bold move that, you know, up until this time, we haven't, you know, within the MCU, we haven't heard a lot of mention of Uncle Ben uh, no. at all, you know, and we we never heard a mention uh, of, of Spider-Man's motto. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I just thought that was that was a bold move to 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 kill Aunt May. But it was also beautiful that the motto then with great power came from her yeah. rather than from uncle ben in the mcu that was class that was brilliant well that's it i mean you've already had it and certainly the other sony movies it was always uncle ben that said that so it made sense within this universe as well and you know that whole moment like it was really emotional for me watching it because mm -hmm. you know I, i've had some sort of personal issues recently you know i haven't mm -hmm. really yep. talked an awful lot about it but you know my mum was in an accident recently and you know, in this moment when this was happening, that's all I could think of. It really, really yeah. got me. It was so emotional. Um, mm -hmm. But then we moved on from that, as I say. And, you know, Ned has Doctor Strange's ring and they're obviously concerned about Peter. They can't find him. He's grieving. And he does this, find Spider-Man and, and opens up a portal. And you see Spider-Man in an alleyway and you're like, what's Peter doing in an alleyway? And then he just turns and looks yeah. at the camera and you're like, all right, here we go. Yeah. He well, I, I I wasn't expecting that. No, neither was I. I, I, I didn't no, know. I, mean, I was expecting Spider-Man to swing in and save the day or something. You know what I mean? That's how they were. They were going to do the hero shot of Andrew Garfield yeah. swinging in or, you know, um, or, or whatever. But I, I mean, I wasn't, I mean, again, I hadn't, I wasn't sure if the, the Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield stuff was actually a thing. Yeah. Or the, if it was the, just, well, the thing know, was, the but, movie was that strong at this point. You weren't thinking about that. You, mm, you just thought and, they'd found Peter. And it was only yeah, when he but came the other closer, you was, were like, well. The other thing was, whenever he opened up the, so it, as you say, Ned has the sling ring, and so he can open portals, and he's uh, he opens the portal, and whenever he opened the portal with, with an individual standing in an alleyway, I was, I don't know if it, if it was actually a thing, or if it was just in my head, but I was seeing the scene from Spider-Man No More, Spider -Man the cover no More. of yeah, was the cover of Peter putting <laughs> putting the you know the, the Spider-Man costume yeah. in the bin, and I thought, all right, so he's done, you know what I mean? And then, and then absolutely, it was yeah, hundred percent. Whenever he ran into the room, and then it was a slightly taller uh, Spider-Man, and even then, I didn't peg it until he pulled off the mask, and that was another moment in the cinema where <laughs> yeah, our screen absolutely erupted at that point. There was. 
clapping, there was cheering. I, I, I don't know if it's almost the case of obviously all these guys were hoping for something like this, if it's like that vindication moment of, I knew he was going to turn up in this sort of thing. And, and then they played off a really cool scene here with him not believing he was Peter Parker. He had to hang off the roof. He had to crawl. You know, Ned's grandmother got him to clean cobwebs in the corner. <laughs> like the humor in this, I thought, was really well judged as well. I always worry sometimes that these movies can get a little too jokey, but I actually yeah, thought it really crunchy, worked yeah. in this. Um, mm. But then, of course, the next time Ned try, uses the sling ring, he's like, right, we're doing this wrong. Look, find Peter Parker. And this time, it's Tobey Maguire. And then again, yeah. huge eruption in the cinema. Um, obviously, uh-huh. this is an older Peter, a more measured Peter. He appears in just his sort of you know casual Street clothes, clothes yeah. and that kind of thing. But from here on in, any scene in that movie that had the three of them together was phenomenal, whether it was just... Mm-hmm talking about their shared experiences, whether it was jokey scenes like, oh, I'm part of the Avengers. Oh, that's great. What's the Avengers? You know, the Avengers. You know, because they don't have it in their world, whether it's the insecurities. You the band? <laughs> yeah. You know, whether it's the insecurities of Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, who's like, you know, I suck, I'm Liam, I'm this. Whether that was a meta thing, that his movies weren't well received, and, you know, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man's like, no, 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 you're amazing. You're amazing, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, and, and then you know there was no wee, you know I once I once fought an alien made a black goo, yeah, <laughs> you know all of that sort of stuff. It was yeah, uh, comparing yeah, war those, stories. The, those those scenes felt an awful lot like into the Spider Verse. Uh, you know those interactions. I mean, I half expected, I don't know, but but I half expected, uh, Tobey Maguire because he he was out of costume for so long. Mm-hmm. I was half expecting him to have the symbiote. Yeah. Half Ooh, expecting them to be black suit Spider Man. Uh-huh. Uh, that would have been that would have been a, an interesting twist for sure. Uh, to see, you know, the symbiote still, still part of him, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was it was great, and even the different stylings of the costumes was class to see, and uh, and all of that. And then the, you know, the just the we, the we because obviously Tobey Maguire Spider Man came about at the same time as as Ultimate Spider Man, and the thing about Ultimate Spider Man was that his webs were organic yeah were part of his you know and then the, the discussions they have about those were were, were hilarious how do you was generate like, yours i have to refill mine all the time <laughs> yeah it was yeah so very very good um interesting that they were i mean they, were, they got very very close to having a sinister stick the sinister sticks movie that's, that's we were talking about that's all these something years ago. i was really expecting when they had all these different cells so of course the idea was would all these villains get loose you know dr strange was able to give him this tech that would allow you know Spidey to basically shoot at them. They would portal them into these these uh, prison cages, and at one point you had five of them, and you're like, "Who are they going to introduce as the sixth one here?" And then obviously that didn't quite happen. But yeah, I thought that I, was a I little bit of a tease. A, I had a wee bit of a secret secret hope uh, that uh, that Michael Keaton was going to appear as the Vulture. Yeah, again, that's what uh, I was thinking. That they, would have been because they mentioned the, her father the... once, but that's it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I thought I was, I was, I was just hoping. I went, God, they'll, they'll have more or less the original Sinister Six together mm-hmm. with those characters. You know, if they have the Vulture and Michael Keaton is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that would have been, that would have been great. That would have been, that would have been just the one, the one more thing. Um, would have been, would have been fantastic. But that whole set piece at the Statue of Liberty, the Statue of Liberty, they were clearly altering as a, I'm as a, a uh, Captain America, a nod to yeah. Captain America by adding the shield. Mm-hmm. instead of the torch um that obviously is not the case now uh but 
you know that that whole set piece. I mean, the the last really fantastic um, street level set piece that we saw in a Marvel movie, I think, uh, was the battle on the side of the building on Shang Chi. Mm-hmm. You know that multiple level. You know the scaffolding. Yeah, I just yeah. thought that was phenomenal. Uh, looked great, played great, flowed well. But this also did. You know them. There was a bunch of doohickeys, the cures for all the different villains, you know, because the, the goal was that our Spider-Man didn't want to end up killing the villains. He wanted to cure them. Yeah. So he cured Doc Ock and he back. wanted to find out. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so he had cured, you know, and obviously he ended up... Reese Evans appeared very... Yeah, I think very, that was stock uh, footage as well. I'm pretty sure. I don't was think, it? Yeah. Yeah, his yeah. name wasn't in the credits either. I mean, okay. we, we, we should say the most important setup for this big battle other than, of course, the, the main objective and the main goal of, you know, curing them. The best, uh, the most important setup, certainly for me, what was the most emotional moment of the whole movie was that they were, you know, they saw Peter in this world with his MJ. They had a conversation with Tobey Maguire's one, and they, he, he doesn't release a lot of specifics, but he sort of talks about how he worked it out. They made it work. So you assume him and MJ are together in, in that universe. And then, of course, we're always reminded of, you know, the death of Gwen Stacy and Amazing Spider-Man 2 and... How Andrew Garfield Spider Man couldn't save her, and then he he was like she she was my MJ. Yeah, as as exactly. So yeah. so then you have this big set piece, and then you know Ned can't close the portal, so you've got you know uh, the, I think is it the lizard that's chasing them through the right? lizard, yeah, yeah it's chasing yeah. them through the portals, and then MJ and Ned end up on the scaffold or the Statue of Liberty, and then MJ falls, and of course you like even the framing of it is so moment. similar. It's the classic moment. And yeah. of course, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, Caesar jumps for you. Think he's going to get her. Someone smacks him out of the way, and then Andrew Garfield gets his moment of redemption and is able to save her. I swear to God, a woman in the <laughs> row behind me was having a panic attack with happiness that he had got that redemption. I'm not too manly to admit. I had tears streaming down my face. Oh, I was I, so I also, happy. Also had also had that, and uh, you know, yeah, it was. I think they had set up his darkness and the reason for his darkness uh, so well that I don't know. I don't know that you would. I mean, those movies weren't awesome. I mean, no, not at know, all. He but, was, yeah, not yeah, at all. He but was they, good. They, he was good in the, the role, best parts but, from it. Yeah, they, 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 yeah, they did. They absolutely they took the the best thing from it. Really, was him, and uh, and and the way they had they had explained, you know, his darkness and, and his need for redemption. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought that was I thought that was brilliantly set up, and yeah, absolutely. I was I was I was in tears. I was sitting in tears, and, and there was a lot of whoops in the cinema yeah. as well. But yeah, no, that was great stuff. That was that was that was the moment, and his his reaction to it. Yeah, you know, he was. She was like, "Are you are you okay?" She he's just caught her, mm-hmm. and uh, he's and she's like, "Are you okay?" And he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." It was very very good indeed. Very good indeed. Yeah, so as you'd expect, you know, they're able to, you know, cure as many of them as possible. But essentially, we get to a point where uh, the Green Goblin throws in one of the pumpkin bombs into the device that it was going to be pushed to send them all back. And that gets exploded. So then Doctor Strange can't contain the spell anymore. Suddenly the sky the starts... is breaking through. Yeah, the sky the, is breaking yeah. through. And I, I would love to see a couple of screen grabs of this. And to try yeah. and pick out who those characters were, I don't know if you yeah. recognised anybody at all. Or... No, I, the, the flat. I was going. I was waiting for another flash. I was. I was waiting for an old moment mm-hmm. uh, that didn't come. Uh, so, so no, I'm not sure. But those were apparently individuals from other other multiverses who Peter. also 
who also knew yeah. who Peter Parker was, you know, and so we are we're left in a situation where Doctor Strange Peter suggests the plan and the plan is that that Doctor Strange needs to make everyone forget who Peter Parker is and that means everyone. Yeah. That means MJ and Ned, it means Strange himself, all the other all heroes. The Avengers, yeah. All the Avengers, you know, uh, what do you call him Happy, Happy Hogan. Um yeah, and obviously Aunt May's already gone so that I guess that that decision was a wee bit easier for Peter because he now doesn't have anyone in the world apart from you know anyone who is his family. Yeah. Uh, per se, you know, so Nonetheless, it's it is the classic heroic sacrifice. Uh, you know this has to happen or else the world ends. Um, so, so that is that is done. That is done, uh, and uh, and 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 so we're we're now at a whole different status quo of of, of where the Spider Man movies are at. Yeah, and then um, it ends in a really emotional way as well because Peter's got just enough time to say his goodbyes, which of course makes him more heartbreaking. He's able to swing down and sorry, we we should talk about another point actually before I get to this. The other really <laughs> loud gasp there's so much this movie. Uh the other really loud gasp on our cinema was when Toby Maguire Spider Man got stabbed. Got whenever Green Goblin And everyone was like stabbed him. No No <laughs> Thankfully he doesn't I, I, die. You know, doesn't die. We're no, and, and that was that was probably the biggest surprise for me. Mm-hmm. I I had a I had sort of presumed that that in some way these these Spider Men were now throwaway. Yeah. Uh, you know that 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 this was going to be uh okay we'll do this now and and that'll be everybody satisfied and one or both of them will perish. Yeah. Um. So and I thought okay well, Toby's been stabbed here, he's going to die and this will be, you know this will be our our loss for the movie. You know now obviously Aunt May was that. Um. But he didn't, yeah, and that that was a surprise because now we're in a situation where I would not be unhappy to see Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire back in the MCU again, yeah, playing Spider Man. You know that 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 now feels like a possibility to me, and not something I would would be unhappy to see. Yeah, you know, which is interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's the the one thing I wish we could have seen was you know when they were returned to their you know, reality to the universes, their... yeah. I would have loved to have seen a little Kirsten Dunst cameo, you know, little, you know, holding the hand of a little kid, you know, coming mm-hmm. to see Peter, you know, because that, that makes me think, like, renew your vows and stuff like that. Yeah, but, hey, Parker. But, yeah, that was the loudest gasp of the whole movie. Like, all the other sort of noises and were all cheers. That was the biggest, like, shit sort of moment. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, anyway, as I say, so, you know, Peter Parker or Peter Parker, Spider-Man 1, if you will, since they specified at one point. I was waiting on a Andrew Garfield, why am I Spider-Man 3 sort of joke? But anyway, that never arose. <laughs> but so Spider-Man 1, you know, he says his goodbyes to MJ. She tells him she loves him. Uh, he's about to say it back to her, and she's like, look, tell me when you find me. So it's all really emotional, and then you get this scene after everything. Everyone's forgot who Peter is. Peter's practicing his lines. He's going to find MJ. Obviously, she's no idea who he is. Thankfully, they didn't do what I thought they were going to do. What was that? I thought they were going to have Ned and MJ in a relationship. I was waiting on it. Yeah, because yeah. Ned walks in all smiles, and she's like, oh, there's my favorite guy. Thankfully, they kept it platonic. They're just friends. But, you know, it was, it was heartbreaking enough for Peter at that point. But we then get, essentially, a big reset for this Spider-Man. He now, no one knows who he is. His secret identity is safe. 
He's no personal connections to people who know who he is. He's in the sort of well-known Parker tiny little apartment in New York City. And also, the suit that ended the movie. The suit was gorgeous. Oh, it was epic. Yeah. It was so good. So good. Uh, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. Um, that was just a, just a beautiful, almost classic suit. Yeah, beautiful one uh, to finish know, on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, very, very good. Very good. Um, yeah, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable. And I mean, there was there was a bunch of there was a bunch of other wee bits and pieces. You know, the reference, you know, Garfield's reference to fighting, you know, Rhino, Paul Giamatti, and, yeah. and Amazing Spider-Man too. You know, and a, the Rhino in a mechanical suit, and uh, and the back issues that Tobey Maguire has. As well yeah. was kind of was kind of cool, um, but I might be right. I might be wrong. Um, you see the apartment that Peter walked into at the end. Yeah, was that the same apartment that Tobey Maguire was in in Spider Man? I too don't think it was because I was trying to see that myself. It was a bit more modern for a start, uh, but I would have to go back and watch it. Uh, yeah, but I did wonder if that would be a final wee nod that it would be the same, but. I just remember, for example, Peter Parker's apartment in Spidey 2, like the door wouldn't close, yeah, um, yeah, things like that. But it would have certainly been a great little nod. But no, as I say, it's just they, they've cleared the decks in a really interesting way. And it was such a complex and could have been a really complicated movie that they did it. But they essentially just cleared the decks for it and they could now make him a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. You know, he's not a part of the Avengers. He doesn't have to be pulled in on world-saving events and stuff like that. Um, and then, of course, it ended as well. We should say, you know, a couple of weeks after credit scenes, the first one related to Venom. Don't really care other than the fact that it essentially establishes that that Venom is not part of the MCU. And it does more than that. It does, it does more, than, more that. than that. It is definitely setting up Secret Wars. That's what I, it's it, I, I think. I think so. It's setting up. It's setting up you know, a potential MCU Venom yeah. separate from Tom Hardy. I mean, Tom Hardy could play that, but I would like to see something. I mean, Tom Hardy's a phenomenal actor. I don't know what he's doing in that Venom movie because, no. you know, he's... You, you think about... Um, you know, you think about his roles in Mad Max, you think about his roles in Peaky Blinders. Legend, you know what I mean? He's, Inception. Yeah. All these you know, he's, he's phenomenal, you know, but, but what he's doing... You know, and I say that because I'm I'm watching uh, I'm watching uh, you know him as, as Alfie Solomon and Peaky Blinders at the minute. He's just he's great, <laughs> but but uh, you know, they, so they're they're setting they could potentially set up another another Venom. But yeah, as yeah. you say, potentially Secret Wars yeah, uh, the, right there. The so Russos, that was enjoyable. The Russos have talked about it. The Russos, of course, being you know the directors behind you know Infinity War, Endgame, kicked off with Winter Soldier, that kind of stuff, and they've talked about always saying that was their one that they like to adapt so so of course the post credit scene you know it has a very drunk Eddie Brock in a bar in Mexico um, having been pulled over to, to the MCU because he knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man Spider -Man, and then he starts to disappear in the same way that everyone else disappeared who knew who Peter Parker was but the important thing being a tiny little fragment of a symbiote left behind and is now running free in the MCU uh -huh. and then the other after credit scene as well uh, we got a great tease into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness so I liked it. a trailer? Yeah, I, I was shocked by how much footage there was there. It was, <laughs> was great to see. 
Um, of course, Sam Raimi's coming to direct this one, so again, it comes full circle, you know, after all of the, the, the Spidey stuff. But yeah, this looked fantastic as well. I mean, I haven't watched What If, so I'll let you explain to me why the uh, the crowd cheered when they saw Evil Doctor Strange. Because there is an episode. There is an episode. That's, um, that's it. <laughs> uh, Everyone the, cheered the, like the, this was the most momentous thing in the world. Yeah, it was. That's exactly why there's a full episode uh, about, you know, what if Doctor Strange had lost his heart instead of his hands? Uh-huh. Uh, and in that, without, well, I mean, the, the, the premise of the episode is that uh, in the car crash, Doctor Strange, Stephen Strange is in it with uh, that the nurse who he, who he was he was in love with, mm-hmm. uh, the girl who ends up helping him in the in the movie whenever he appears in his astral form, uh, and she dies, and he he then becomes obsessed with finding a way to get her back, uh, and in doing so turns himself into something else. Uh, so yeah, you really need to watch what if, but they they're they're pulling they're pulling this stuff in now. Yeah, I mean they're pull they're pulling in, you know, it's all it's all connected in a way that it, you know they they used that hashtag whenever they released Agents of Shield, and <laughs> Agents of Shield had no idea how connected it now is. You know they're they're connecting these movies to the animated the what if animated series, and obviously the huge connection there to uh, to WandaVision. <coughs> Um, you know, that was a that was lovely one whenever uh you know, whenever uh Doctor Strange lands and uh and uh Wanda's what hanging out her clothes or picking fruit, I can't remember what she's doing, but uh she goes, you know, I made some I made some choices, you know, and, and this and that and the other they weren't all right. And uh, he goes, I'm not here to talk to you about Westview uh which was total WandaVision stuff, you know, and then of course the, the multiverse pulling in okay, so everything everything was pulled in here, you know, so yeah, it's all, very it's enjoyable. It's almost like they have a plan. It's all connected. <laughs> oh, but it, it just, yeah, it really is. It really is. Uh, well, yeah, great stuff. As I say, just to just to round off here, because somehow we've got fifty minutes out of this. Either this be like a twenty minute discussion. <laughs> uh, just to round it off, it's probably the most fun I've had in the cinema this year. Uh, there, there may have been better movies this year I've seen. There may have been more impactful movies, whatever. But as as seeing a movie with a crowd that got the references, that got the big moments, that reacted in those ways uh, in terms of the performances of the movie, the set pieces, what it did, it was probably the most fun I've had this year in the cinema. And, you know, I'm, I'm genuinely pumped to see it again. It's actually reinvigorated my love of the Spider-Man movies. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. You know be, being able to pull, you know, seven movies that came before it from three different reigns at Sony, with three different Spider-Men, with three different directors, with to pull all that together and put it into a coherent piece is a miracle. And it, I thought it was, I thought it was awesome. I was so blown yeah. away by it. There was there was a point in it, and I was like, "Oh, don't do a Spider-Man three! Don't do a Spider-Man three! It was always 3. a worry. It was always you know, a worry but, going in, but never but, materialized. Yeah, no, because Spider-Man three <laughs> didn't didn't have the story to hang all those characters on. Yeah, you know, this did, this did. You know, they all had a they all had a role, uh, you know, big or small, who that was, and uh, everyone had a significant story moment where where, you know, they served the story rather than the story serving them. Yeah. Uh, which that was the problem I think with Spider Man Three is that, you know, the story had to move to serve the characters they wanted to include. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and and probably Amazing Spider Man Two as well. Yeah, in we, a way, we you know, could so. probably have a full other discussion on that. But yeah, I mean, the main thing with Spidey Three seemed to be that, 
you know, Sam Raimi just wanted Sandman as the villain and Sony were pushing Venom on him and mm-hmm. he didn't want that. But now it's a whole other discussion, uh, as I say. But I went out of my way today, went and bought the original three Spider-Man movies in 4K. I'm going to be doing a wee bit of a spider marathon, I think. And then I'm, I think I'm going to go and check this out on the IMAX, uh, the new one. I know it's expensive to get into, but at least in this case, to test out the facilities... I know the movie is going to be damn good, so I think I'll uh, I'll check that out in a couple of weeks. So <laughs> I would uh, I would get in soon. I know there's a lot of talk about Cineworld and the IMAX in Belfast, but the Cineworld Corporation is in a lot of trouble at the minute, so I don't know how long it's going to last. Well, maybe I'll be going the next couple of days instead of the next couple of weeks. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to leave it there. That is our ridiculously spoiler-filled trek through Spider uh, Man, through uh, Spider Man: No Way Home. Spider Man. So, warning: spoilers. Uh, too late, Alan. It's too late. Uh, I would say just I'm going to be sticking this out for the Saturday. The movie's been out a couple of days, but I would just throw out a wee bit of a plea. Anytime you're in the store, just just be mindful of who's around you because. Again, part of my enjoyment of this movie was the fact that I knew nothing going in, and I think that's the best way to experience it. So let's give everybody else that same opportunity to do so. Uh, so yeah, cheers. Well, if you're listening to this in the far future, don't worry. Yeah, no, if you're listening Everybody's to this it. way down the line when this movie's been usurped by far more movies, then that's fine too. <laughs> and hello from the past. Uh, <laughs> we'll leave it there. Uh, cheers for chatting it through, my man. That was good fun, good fun. 53 minutes of good fun. Right, we'll see you on the other side, guys. Everyone, take it easy out there. So, I've been Alan Taylor, and this has been Keith Miller. You can find Alan in store at Coffee and Heroes, and on Twitter, where Alan is at Coffee and Heroes 1, and I'm a Scannison 00. Coffee and Heroes is a local comic book shop, coffee shop, and community hub in Northern Ireland, based at Smithfield Market in the centre of Belfast. You can find Coffee and Heroes on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or email us at coffeeandheroes at hotmail.com. Make sure to check out our YouTube channel as well. The Coffee and Heroes podcast is available on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and through all good podcast platforms. Please like and subscribe and leave a review so more people can find us. And until next time, happy reading and hope to see you in store.